Okay, it's time to partner with Betfair and preview Winterbottom Stakes Day. We are recording the 1-1, your West Australian racing podcast at beautiful Ascot Racecourse on, uh, where are we? We're at 12.30 now on Thursday, the 26th of November. We're, we're racing at Narogen today. We're about to dissect 10 races on day two of the Masters Series at Ascot on Saturday, while the weekend will finish up on the Crayfish Coast with eight events at Geraldton on Sunday. Uh, stay tuned throughout the show for info on how you can enter the Mundaring Hotel's WA Racing Mastermind uh, and the Market City Meets Get Out Stakes competition. Also, don't forget about our Get Summer Ready with Betfair promotion. Tweet at the 1-1-Pod who you think will win Saturday's Winterbottom Stakes and a Betfair starting price to be in contention to win a much sought after, I must say, very popular Betfair summer merch pack. Um, we were overwhelmed with entries last week, so thanks everyone for supporting the promotion. Congrats to last week's Get Summer Ready Railway Stakes winner, Max Shepherd. His inspirational girl $2.72 prediction was only one cent away from the official BSP. So good on you, Max. Well done. And finally, uh, big congrats again to Brett Ersig or Mr. Sensitive, as he's known on Twitter. He cleaned up in our Market City Meets Group 1 Meat Pack giveaway. Brett takes home over $200 worth of the finest from the largest retail butcher shop in Perth, Terry. Yeah, no, big uh, big effort there from Brett and uh, big late money for Inspirational Girl too to come into $2.72. The way the track was playing, we were um, just saying before, the way the track was playing and suiting those closer to the speed and the fact there'd been a bit of a wobble for uh, Inspirational Girl from probably three thirty to close to four bucks um, from barrier draw to, to post. I thought the money might keep going even at that stage of proceedings and too close to the sun continue to firm, but uh, went the other way and... Um, they knew. They certainly <laughs> they did. Always do. If you'd like to read my pre-markets preview, the leg up, apologies, but you cannot. I took the week off with family commitments, but there is still plenty of quality racing content ordinary, on yeah. <laughs> 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 can be out come there on, on railway day just hours oh, after on, little mate. Harry's born. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, Can't yeah. throw a few sentences together for you the got, loyal leg up. You got me there. Um, yeah, plenty of quality racing content on bestbets.com.au and the Oz Race website, while two of the very, very best Terry Layton, the Perth Racing Guru, and Daniel Cripps are back with their powers combining for the Wild West video preview, which available on the Betfair hub, betfair.com.au. Also, speaking of Betfair, make sure you're up to date with their new mobile app available for iOS and Android users. Be sure to sharpen your edge with the latest from Betfair. Also, BJ, the 1-1 one, one is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and all other major podcasting platforms. Please subscribe, rate, and review. Thanks, Terry. Let's get cracking on our Winterbottom Stakes Day preview. The rail is out in the five-metre position. Fine, uh, what do we got? A maximum of 22, partly cloudy, uh, some light winds westerly, tending southwesterly throughout the day. Uh, there's been no rainfall this week, and um, looks like we're going to be – the track was lightning, lightning fast at mm -hmm. um, on Railway Stakes Day. So I imagine it's going to be um, maybe not as quick, but similarly expecting a um, you know a very good track, a uh, very good surface prepared by the best in the business in Chris Nation. Terry, what are your thoughts on uh, how the track's going to play Winterbottom Stakes Day? Uh, we'll just go in allowing for a completely fair surface, uh, five metres, moderate southwesterlies, uh, nice mid-20s day. 
Uh, long day, long day. Mm. It's about a six-hour day, as I'm sure you'll be, uh, yeah, you'll be feeling by the end of the day, Brits, yep. uh, in the mountain yard. <laughs> but um, no, I think we're just going to completely allow for a fair track and not have any preconceived ideas. AJ. Yeah, just, just to quickly, before we move forward, just quickly touch on just how fast the track was last week. I'm pretty sure Inspirational Girls Railway was just about the second fastest in history. And on, from a raw data point of view from, from Vince Cardi's daily sectionals, uh, the raw time was 14 lengths faster than standard for mm. the Ascot mm. mile. So, um, yeah, he had to peel it back, obviously, considering uh, from an IVR rating point of view to, to factor in the, I guess, wind and just how fast the track was. But pure numbers, that was 14 lengths quicker than average. So um, the they track flew. was – They flew. Mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely. You can always get an indication of that early on when horses uh, fence heavy are dominating, on speed are dominating as well, and that's what we saw early at Ascot. So they usually – I mean, the jockeys and everyone gets a sort of a feel for that as the day proceeds and we see more pace go into races. And, All of a sudden they overcompensate and, yeah, and exactly then it, right. it swings. But, that's exactly right. But it's wild – the Ascot seven days earlier was finished with a heavy nine, Brittany. Oh. What was what were you, what were you doing out here? <laughs> no, I was in quarantine. That oh, was, yeah, of it was you the were. best yeah. thing ever. You missed, they missed the deluge. I know, and I very rarely, well, actually, never get to sit at home on a Saturday. So I was enjoying it from a racing point of view, just being able to uh, actually just watch racing on the TV. But when it was pouring down, I just thought, oh, how, good, how good is this? Uh, and just for just. For it to be so heavy mm. and then seven la days later to be so fast, remarkable stuff. So, um, yeah, congrats to everyone involved with the preparation of this particular race service. So, let's get started. Race one is the Tourism WA Trophy 1,000-metre race for the three-year-olds. Set weights and penalties. Terry, kick us off. Uh, well, I was hoping you'd throw to Brittany here. I haven't got Brittany, uh, I kick haven't, us off. Yeah, kick, us, kick us off, Britt. I haven't got a really strong opinion in the first. I haven't um, got a strong opinion in all 10 races. I think okay. if you can find a winner or two, you're on very good terms with yourself because, I mean, this opening race is very open. There's plenty of speed in it. I, oh, speed. Yeah, Oof. plenty of speed. Oh, I thought Martin Allen's always said Madame Torio back or at Ascot would be a superior horse, not only given the, the length of the straight and uh, – her sort of racing manner, but just the fact of being on top of the ground, even though she's won on the soft, he thinks that she'll be so much better equipped. 1,000-metre horse for 1,000-metre race. Skips clear on the bend and proves hard to run down, I think, but without a whole good degree of confidence. Yeah, no, I'm with you there. I think if Madame Torio can cross our Danny Champagne Diva, Sassy Trader and Janora, which I think um, I think she can, I think she's quickening them, I think she'll be pretty hard to run down. If it is Sassy Trader that's got her back, though, I do think Sassy Trader might have the most scope um, out of that pair, but at 3 bucks, three fifty in your market. So I uh, think I'll just be warming into the day, BJ, without an investment. Yeah, Madame Torio and Sassy Trader, the obvious two main winning chances and the, the market agrees. I'm going to uh, side with my old mate Steve Wolf, Toscana. Mm. This filly's been really, really impressive. Bit of a surprise packet, actually. Um, the jury was a touch out on her last preparation, but she's um, she's just gone through the roof uh, this time in work. Unbeaten, she's admittedly, she's coming from the deep, great southern she won on debut very impressively at Mount Barker. Then for a three-year-old filly, did a really good job against older horses stepping into a, a class two. The speed was on. She wasn't even she wasn't able to find the, the fence, so she showed a bit of versatility on the uh, – sorry, find the 
fence in front on mm. that occasion. So she showed a bit of versatility, did Toscana. Um, really liked the way that she attacked the line. So she's coming off two dominant sort of great Southern victories. I believe she can – I don't think this is a – this is a high-quality race by any means. Eight-horse field. The draw is potentially sticky, but it's only a thousand-meter race, so it's only really that one bend to um, to handle. They drop her out the last, just about. Don't know. It, it, they're going to go. They're going to go super quick, aren't they? Mm. I, I just think if spots if, should open up. Yeah, if Shawnee can slot in, maybe get a touch of cover. Uh, I reckon Toscan is a horse on the way up. Um, Old Wolf's training super, super well. This horse is. Um, you don't see many horses just go bang, bang like that in such dominant fashion. So I think she can come to town and measure up for sure. Mm. Mischievous Dave is one that will appreciate uh, the tempo in the race. Run third to Clairvoyance, an all-day session on debut. Recent trial was really nice. So could be one to finish over him, but uh, I won't tip every horse in the race. We'll she just looks a bit green on. still, doesn't she? She but certainly she's, does. She's the one that – but she's taken gaps and stuff as in the past as well, but the, I guess the nose roll goes on. Hopefully that can just – she looks like she almost jumps at shadows, changes legs. Mm-hmm. She, Yeah, it looks really green, but if, if she a, switches on – going to be a filly of the future, I think. Oh, I think so too. Diva. Yeah, she's a showcasing out of an um, sort of another, I guess, a New Zealand-bred um, and Alan Matthews just does so well with his fillies and mares, doesn't he? Especially with time. So. Well, she gets the sit on them. She she will be finishing strong. So okay, race two is the Amelia Park Handicap, fourteen hundred meters. Uh, it's a it's a rating seventy one plus. Actually, they've had to raise the minimum here. And uh, Team Taylor has Laurentinio. Terry has has had a, quite a strong connection with Laurentinio <laughs> over the have. journey. You, can you find him in this one or is he going to need the run first? We've had an up and down. Well, I think we should probably ask Brittany if we can find uh, Laurentinio here. Personally, I think this might be a little bit deep first up, but um, Britt, how's Laurentinio travelling into this? Well, he was actually my first gallant back on Monday, mm. so uh, it was one of my first rides back. And, welcome uh, you back. Very, very happy with him. He galloped with more aces and the pair of pretty notoriously lazy sort of track workers. So uh, they really switched on nicely together. And most importantly, his recovery was really good uh, for a first up run. He was actually meant to run last week and then we decided to save him another week, which meant he was actually ready to go last week. So he's just an, an extra gallop has probably helped him be relatively forward first up. He'll obviously improve on whatever he does, ours all do. But uh, I think he's forward enough to run a good race if he gets the right run, just that Barrier could be a tiny bit sticky. There's a little bit of pace drawn inside us. If he gets the right run, I think at a big price he can play a role in the finish. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see what actually happens there. Mia Dolce, I think, up to the 1,400. I think in, in some recent barrier trials and barrier trials the last six months with Mia Dolce, they've actually looked to take a sit. So mm-hmm. I'm not expecting that they're going to go forward and try and turn it on with Mia Dolce. And I think the Fugazi led the Peters uh, last week or the week before, fortnight ago, Purely, Land, just landed in front. Well, they planned to leave. Yeah. Was always, it was always a plan, but they had uh, they were proactive with looking at the market, uh, looking at the sorry, looking at the speed map and saying, well, "There's no other speed in this. It's a Group Three. This could be our way of a throw of the stumps to get into a railway stake." So, I think the Fugazi are a better horse landing on the back of the leader. Whether that leader ends up being position or power or Kelvin, I still think it means Laurentino has a chance of landing somewhere near the one-one, maybe a pair further back, depending how much um, Jason wants to sort of gas him first up but um geez i think this is going to be a, a rails in run race with the fugazi and then either a pair or another pair further back true attraction really um coming together to fight it out Fugazi's not one of mine and hasn't been over the journey but i really think um he just ticks all the boxes here um as i said no i don't think he was suited to leading in the rj peters thought his effort 
Um, first up from a tick over a year off the circuit behind Luke's Gold on a track where the rail probably wasn't the superior um, part of proceedings by that stage of the day, as, as often happens late in the day. I thought his run, while probably not as aesthetically pleasing as True Attraction, wasn't um, all that much inferior. It gets a nice weight swing from True Attraction from the Peters and the way Sean McGrady's riding. And the way Sean McGrady's riding good horses from good gates at the moment, you just know he's going to get every chance. So I've actually found the Figazi on top. Mm, you've been spending, you have been spending a lot of time at the Ganjimi well, Rock Magic. Yeah. 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 Well, wait, wait till I start tipping Condor Heroes <laughs> later. Uh, I will also, and I say this quite often, Sean McGrady, not, and I, obviously I watch him a lot being um, my brother-in-law, but also because he rides for Steve Wolf a lot. But he, you watch him a lot. Uh, watch, that. watch his riding just a lot. Just a family barbecue, <laughs> just sit there and stare at him. Stare, or? yeah, just <laughs> analyse him. No, he's getting horses out of the gates. That I don't think there's anyone better now that's a, might be a big call but he is superb at getting horses mm -hmm. to begin and um that's one of his absolute um strengths as as a rider he um you don't see it's very rare you see a horse miss the start with sean mcgrady he's very very proactive out the gates and make sure that he tries to take up a, as much of a prominent running position as possible obviously the fugazi for everything that terry mentioned is a major player he um i know what you're trying to say with that first up run it, it was a sort of a slowly it was a slow burn at that stage and he was sort of bottled up whereas yeah. whereas the horses that ran one two three i think were moved into the race with momentum didn't they they were luke's gold moshard and royal command, command and fagazi well, yeah. had to sort of just wait and just when the gap came he sort of quickened and was only a length and a half off off the winner and, and again he's landed in front in a peters and um boxed on quite well into into fourth where did nerf box bosk finish in the peters uh fifth fifth so yeah, yeah so there's a yeah. you can take a, a strong line Slow moshard and then true attraction back in sixth yeah yeah, yeah. um but for me, I just I just think that true attraction back on a um and back on a dry surface for with William Pipe from gate two. Was uh, he was he a horse that should have performed better on the wet surface though, looking at his prior I'm not sure. I just, I just know that he's come back from injury and setbacks and, and sometimes maybe that that can get their wheels spinning a bit. And that but was a whole different level of a soft track. What yeah, he's been on yes. before is probably soft five, soft six. That was yeah, it was and I, and sticky, I, and I don't think that run was too bad. I mean, Nerf Box made Bosk made it look a bit, bit ordinary because he drew away from him late. But then he's come out and won the Carbon Club last Saturday, so um, I'm forgiving True Attraction. Uh, acknowledge the the weight swings and that. I just just find it hard to to um, to vortex. see to vortex. Mm -hmm. Yeah, True Attraction fence probably following the Fagazi everywhere. Uh, Sean McGrady goes. His his closing speed, like he's ran second to Inspirational Girl. First up, his closing speed when written written quiet over fourteen hundred second up was was significant. So stalking True Attraction, if if the gaps appear, he's going to be breathing fire, and I think he can just about gun down. Uh, the Fugazi late. I would have been keen to to see what happened with Rebel Knight. I see the bars are coming, mm. going on. Twenty one days between runs. He's been scratched since his last start, so it's too many red flags there for me. Um, and um, and I thought Bad Wolf back to a ratings race is, is probably suited as well. But for, uh, true attraction from Gate Two, Pike on board, um, Cerise and White. Can't go, can't go past him, I don't think. And you know, just on Bad Wolf, Ash Maley did say last week that Bad Wolf was his best of the day, and that was the day that Red Publisher won. He missed the kick, slipped at the start, so was out of it immediately. But he's got a great record off seven days. Has had three goes for two wins and a placing. He could be one at, at a big price that uh, could be sort of in the mix. 
Yeah, the market now basically mirrors mine. True Attraction 320, the Figasi 350, that's exactly how uh, – to a cent. That's exactly mm. how I've marked them in a, in a lower percentage market. So um, we'll wait to see what the market does late. But, um, yeah, I think the winner will come from those two. Those two, yeah. Um, okay, race three. Moving forward into the Mrs. Max handicap. If it ain't a Mrs. Max, Terry. Take it back. Take it back. All right. The, uh, this is the graduation, 1,400 metres. 14 horse field. Uh, what do we got here? It's a $4.40. The field sharing favoritism at the moment is number five, Island Missile uh, from the Ganjimi Brothers operation and Captain Burglar, number 12. They are, yeah, they are heading the market at the moment. There's a couple of other horses who have been supported on the uh, local exchange or the local operator uh, when markets um, went up this morning, Terry. Uh, who do you, this is a, this is quite an open race, actually. Um, interested to see speed map wise and and how you think this who's going to be suited under these conditions. I just want to mention that Brittany's got the hard copy of the form guide here as well. I absolutely <laughs> love it still. Like it's amazing. Brittany, Lockie, I feel like we're the only two that don't have the hard um, the hard copy. Michael Heaton brought along. Yeah, Fernie brought along the hard copy. Yeah, I don't I feel know. Like we're I'm, the only ones. That might have to have put some ink anymore. in my printer. I think. Yeah, I told him I need to get a printer. <laughs> I honestly away, so. was waiting for the on Wednesday. I'm waiting. One thirty. Come on, come on. I need to use him at the races, so I just do it uh, that night. But yeah, this week I was waiting for it to come out. I tried to do it just on the computer. I just can't do it. I just need to have the paper in front of me. Very good. Kick, well, it, kick it old school, Brittany. I like yeah, that. yeah, keep it old school. Yeah. I like that. I do like that. And you'd be a uh, would you be a book or a Kindle person as well? A book. Hmm. Yeah. Go. Good answer. I like that. Uh, okay, moving on to this race. This is uh, this was an interesting race to decipher, and I I felt sick when I created my market because I had Whack and Tank a nearly favourite here. <laughs> Bj uh, has been backed. Went up at eighteen dollars. Has morning. been backed. Yeah, it's been backed. No, not not to not to the degree of last time. What did what was it last time? Twenty six is into about a five dollar favourite and, um, and bolted in. And absolutely bolted in. Look, this speed map looks really favourable. Peppy Jack leads. Yep. Um, I can tank a lands outside. Captain Burglar can begin. I think Captain Burglar can hold a spot. Um, and uh, it's the two Neville Partner runners which have come up clearly above my price here. Um, I've got Captain Burglar who was stiff in the Faritha. I yeah. thought um, yeah. I thought he was coming again really well on the line. Um, he got chopped actually, out a bit late, didn't he? Yeah, he mm. did. Jason Brown rode in that day. And um, I, I think for a moment or two in the straight, Jason thought, oh, this is dropping out and we're, we're out of this race. And then he, he came again and arguably finished it's hard to tell with what happened in that final 100 metres but arguably finished a little bit better than Bragwell was going to and Bragwell was one fifth in the guineas um, last week so look I think that the, the three year olds um, are really dominating especially their allowance they get in these ratings races so I think the winner comes from Captain Burglar and Whack and Tanker 440 and 10 so that's enough for me to play the pair I'm Captain Burglar I'm a big fan of the three year olds at the moment mm -hmm. against the older horses coming out of a fair ether and in a race that, as you say, is open. If you're talking about Captain Burglar or Whack and Tanker, I know which one I feel uh, <laughs> more confident in being with. I can't. I honestly cannot believe that Tom. I'm, uh, I'm going to back Whack and Tanker after he's uh, <laughs> he's taken about 30 starts to win number two. But um, yeah, that's 2024, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to we'll clean sweep this race. I'm pretty keen on Captain Burglar. Oh, I thought you were going Whack and Tanker as well. <laughs> Chrissy Parnham back on board from a from a draw. Uh, these three odds at the moment, they get in so well into these, as Brittany said, into these graduation handicaps. Super, super well placed by Neville Parnham. Island Missile is the obvious hardest to beat for me. Uh, 
I thought he let down really, really impressively. Terry will say that he's probably suited on the day, the way that the track was was playing, but he still had to do it and uh, showed good cl- closing speed. He has raced up on up on top of the pace in the past and performed well. So I'm expecting Sean McGrady to be positive again from a low draw. Those are the two. It's almost a flip of the coin job, but from a um, be, with the weight pull, um, I'm siding with Captain Burglar. He's uh, he's the one. One thing I will say with this market is I would presume Brad Parnham would have had the choice uh, of Befunja and Wackentanker, and um, Befunja is considerably shorter. So make of that what you will, BJ. Brad Parnham is one from one on Wackentanker. And, and if you look at Wackentankers, it's funny. I, I, if you go at his record of 1,300 and above, I, it's, a, it's a third to cup night. He's got a um, – his other effort at the 1,400 was full of merit as well. I haven't got it in front of me. But this could have been a horse that just perhaps should have stepped up to this journey um, a little bit earlier in his career perhaps. I think he's just screaming out for Brad, wasn't he? He might have been also hey, screaming. There's a, there's a couple of positives he's here. Probably, so he's probably you, thinking to himself, why haven't you put me on? Rename the horse. Yeah. And you'd get him a lot shorter than the current price. That's all I'll say. Re- <laughs> rename him, and he's a, he's a different quote. So. Um, she's this horse is coming out. Just touching on the thrill. This horse is coming out of quite an impressive maiden victory. Always had a bit of time for the white witch. Don't know whether this is necessarily the right race for her progressing into her preparation, but nice low draw. Uh, I thought the way that she hit the line was very strong in her Bunbury maiden victory last start. I think White Witch is going to win her share of races for uh, Ascot trainer Sarah Evans. So. Might not be her day on Saturday, I don't think, but uh, you can follow this this filly moving forward. I think she's got plenty of wins up her sleeve. Race four, hundred thousand dollar Tab Touch Westby Platinum Platinum Series Final. Wow, fourteen hundred meters. Um, we've had three series heats, so all these horses have had to compete in one heat um, to uh, to. Um, I guess be eligible to contest the hundred thousand dollar final. This is bloody hard work. <laughs> it just gets harder and this, harder as we go on. Yeah, <laughs> this is this is torturous. So at, the, at the moment on the on the local, uh, it's six dollars the field. Six dollars, six dollar favourite. Yeah. Uh, Glamour packed. So five to one the field in the old. Yeah, this is all yours, Brett. Oh, sis. I, the funny thing is when I did it last night, I was actually glamour-packed. I thought seven of these out of the Wild Fusion race. Wild Fusion just got the world-perfect run in the box seat. So looking for those uh, other ones and, and glamour-packed gets the kilo weight swing, I, I thought was hitting the line nicely. So were a couple others in uh, Mood Goddess and Morgs Freeman, which numerically when you look at the form doesn't read very well, but uh, you just catch him at the back of the field being very, very solid to the line and he's drawn 11 and 9 at his last couple, drawn 4, so we'll get a better run. So I ended up siding with Glamour Pact, but uh, those were the other two that I probably thought could uh, factor in the finish. Well, I think if you find the winner of this race, you've definitely, uh, you definitely deserve another macaroon, yeah. I'd suspect, <laughs> as well. So I haven't got a huge amount to add in this race. It's just There looks to be a lot of speed. I mean, you've got Adelaar from one who I think will probably hand up. Pink and grey will probably lead. Taj Mali with the shades off up to 1,400. Um, I haven't spoke to Luke, so I'm not sure, but I wouldn't surprise me if they look at sitting or at least getting on speed and taking some type of cover. And then you've got Miller, Rabin, Lacefinski from 11 and 13. Um, you've got to think their only methodology here is going to be to roll forward. So it could turn into a, a, a mad um, I- Igarashi race. takes up a spot as well. Igarashi yeah. will be very prominent as well. So, I mean, look, from a from a soft run type of our point of view, it was hard not to have Glamour Packed on top, but Glamour Packed's not a horse I want to dive in at, um, at around that sort of $6 mark. But none of these are a horse I want to dive in at it around their current what, quotes. What's your what, – give us, give us a snapshot of your market. 
Did you price uh, I've, got, I've actually got Glamour Pack 550. So, yeah, um, yeah I've, and that's funny. I've got it. It's an 88.2. It had to be exact. Uh, 88.2% market. I've managed to get Glamour Pack as a $5.50 favourite. But um, the, the way the the stable's going, the way this race will be run, it's not impossible to see Mood Goddess come right down the outside, knock them off. And as Brittany said, Morgs Freeman finally draws a gate. The one I wanted to have um, when I thought apprentices could claim uh, yeah. was Western Ring. Um, and now I have seen, well, yesterday I saw it. It's an interesting appointment, isn't it, mm. um, on a back marker. So she's obviously riding Carleen Heffel, new to Western Australia, is obviously riding winner after winner. Yeah, she's made um, quite an impression. She certainly she? has. But to, uh, yeah, to jag a, a, a ride where she doesn't claim this early on is, uh, well, I guess that's a I wonder testament. If, I wonder if they knew I don't think they would have known. That's, that's, that's what I was thinking. I bet they uh, haven't known there. But um, look, I think you can probably put a line through Western Rhythm's last run, but yeah, I'm talking if you're seeing $30, $40 late in the exchange. That's one we'd consider, but no, pass. The one thing Lockie said to me about Western Rhythm was he messaged me from the yard setting saying that it was so much more relaxed last start, where the start before it had been really hot and bothered. Okay. and. And uh, straight away I said, oh, maybe too relaxed because obviously you have to, yeah, completely forgive last starts. So it'll be interesting to see how it comes to the races on Saturday. I find that. I find your residual knowledge, and I said this to you before, I find it just so interesting um, in regards to the nuances. Like, as you said, if you took that job and you looked at a horse for the first time, you might comment that Western Rhythm looks great, nice and relaxed, but you actually want to see Western Rhythm totally or you mm. want to see uh, Western Rhythm not necessarily um, on his best behaviour. So, well, yeah, I, I find yeah, that. From last start, that's how it yeah. sort of came so, yeah, I, find that stuff, I find that really, really interesting and probably an area of the game I can probably improve on a lot. Get out there and <laughs> muck, muck out some boxes. Muck out some boxes, yeah. Luke, Luke will be texting me <laughs> after you, this. Haven't you actually that. offered to, to do I some have, of that? Yeah, I then, have, then, yeah. when, uh, then when you got the uh, the call up to come and do some work, you just said, nah, I don't, I don't think so. I oh, look, it's just it's just, there's a, it's just hard to fit everything into a week, you know. I've only got 24 hours in a day. But, um, look, what I were you think, doing um, at 3 a.m. this morning? <laughs> I, was, uh, I was doing form. At 3 a.m. Yeah. this morning. I was I was fast asleep, um, just, just dreaming of how many winners I was going to tip on today's podcast. <laughs> uh, I'll see you soon, Luke. 2021, I'll be there. I was feeding a baby, so um, you were catching Zeds. Brittany was working. Oh, were you working this morning? <laughs> no, I didn't uh, work this morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, now, for me, I think there's three winning chances. I'm pretty glamour-packed and mood goddess. And when in doubt, Sir William, I think, mm. I'm pretty uh, – was ridden by Lactar Ramoli. Is it Ramoli or Ramoli? I always – I've actually – I must ask him myself yeah. because I tend to go between the two. I think I say Ramoli. Ramoli, yeah. Ramoli sounds good. Lactar to Pike, I think her first up – run where she qualified for the, the final was in a West Speed Series heat. Thought that was full of merit. Um, rise to 1,400 suits as well. Uh, I reckon there might be a three-wide line form and Pike three-wide line peeling. Um, in that three-wide line, following Pike might just be mood goddess. So for me, I, I think it's going to be I'm pretty launching mood goddess peeling and I think it's going to be those two fighting out the finish. With Pike, eight starts, four wins, one yes. second, two thirds. So, Mr. Place, one of eight. Without Pike, 12, one, three, one. Yeah. So, it's quite incredible, isn't it? Yeah, definitely Pike. Yeah. I wanted to find her. She made yeah. complete sense with this map, but her last run was just so flat. I know she mixes her form, but don't know, maybe I need more forgiveness I just, just in life in general. I just think, I just think Pike's just got this ability. I don't even know how it's immeasurable ability for horses just to save fuel. I don't know how. It's like he's got an economy mode within his hands or something like yeah. that. Because 
other jockeys, they can ride the horses. This is not a slight. This is just this is a gift, right? Other jockeys can ride exactly the same race as Pike, but for some reason, when they ask them to go, they just don't go like they go for him. Mm. And it's just it's a balancing. It's in the it's in his hands. It's in his feet. And I, I you know I just think Adam Durant's probably set this mare for a uh, hundred thousand dollar race, a big payday, probably the best payday she's ever going to get a crack at. And I, I'd be surprised if she wasn't peaking third up for this assignment. Yeah, no, I like uh, I like what you're putting down there, and that would make a lot of sense with that camp, I think, as well. So. Good luck to anyone that uh, finds a winner here, though. All right. Uh, it's now time for our Mundaring Hotel WA Racing Mastermind competition. Thanks, Terry. The Mundaring has been the heart of the hills since 1899, located in Jacoby Street, Mundaring. If you get a chance, drop in and see the publican, Ian Butchie O'Connor. Say good day. Let him know you're a 1-1 listener and check out his new big decking up there. Butchie's big deck, it's almost complete. There's going to be a, a grand opening soon. So it's all happening up there at the Mundaring Hotel. Congratulations to last week's Mundaring Hotel WA Racing Mastermind winner, Danny Carberry, Terry, mm. brother of Patrick. Um, Paddy Carberry, very popular uh, hoop in Western Australia. So Danny Carberry got all four questions correct. A $100, actually, I think Danny Carberry might be a part owner in Cup Night. So yeah, I think he's got all the family. Yeah, I think they're all there, mm-hmm. they? Yeah, so double, double yesterday as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she's a charmer and heaps of moolah. Heaps yes. of moolah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So she's a charmer. I tell you what, Oof. we'll be talking about she's a charmer in about a week and a half time. I reckon on this podcast. I think we might. Yes. So congrats, Danny. That one hundred dollar gift voucher to the Mundaring is in the mail. So to be crowned this week's mastermind. You'll need to answer the following four questions correctly. I love how Terry gets prepped for the mastermind. Mm. Where's a pen and paper? <laughs> I'm ready to go. Paper. With your macaroon in pa- your mouth. <laughs> paper for Brittany. Thank you. Let's see who is the real mastermind. All right. Question number one. Name the last WA-based trainer to saddle up a Winterbottom Stakes winner. Oh, I love tick it. tock. It was tick so much tock, authority. You can see my hand hasn't moved yet. Come on, quick game's a good game. Question <laughs> question number two. That's a pass from Terry. Which one of these is not a dual winter bottom stakes winner? Marasco, Hortensia, or Buffering? Question three. Come on, BJ. William Pike steered how to be Clorker. What a good name, how to be clocker. To a boil over result in the 2010 Winterbottom Stakes. Who that was, was the trainer? Ah, that's easy. Oh, hang on, Britt. What's going on here? What do you mean that? Are you ready for this? I'm going to spell it correctly too. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, question okay. number four. Name the horse that finished runner-up behind champion takeover target in the all-time classic 2008 Winterbottom Stakes. It wasn't so hard to unassemble this microphone. I'd um, take it out of its holster and drop it. Right <laughs> I'll just have to go with the pen instead. The guru, very confident. So they are the four questions for this week's uh, Winterbottom Stakes themed WA Racing Mastermind. If you uh, would like to be in the running for that $100 gift voucher, please send your uh, answers via direct message to at the one one pod on Twitter and um, and yeah and uh, support the the Mundaring and WA Racing in general. Now let's check to see how our two contestants fared. How do we go, Brett? All four the same. 
That's not very exciting. Four from four. Easy <laughs> game. Oh. Well done, guys. Right, we'll um, get a macaroon as, uh, as a reward. Do you know what was helpful? I um, did the barrier draw on Tuesday for the winter bottom, so I had all the history of the <laughs> winter bottom <laughs> stakes that I looked at on Monday. And um, and Brittany's actually, as a as a guest, has got a voucher to the Mundaring as well. So go up there and sample. Uh, have oh. a feed, frothy, and a flutter. I up can't there. wait. And speaking of how to be Clawker, we'll get to the uh, the winter bottom later, obviously, but um, how to be Clawker backed up into a Kingston town seven days later. Did I it? Believe. Maybe not the year how to be Clawker won the winter bottom, but one of the years went winter bottom to Kingston town. It's similar to Red Cam Man. Well, that's what I was to... thinking about with Red Cam Man. I was mm. thinking, have, have horses done this before? But of course, it used to be Super Saturday where mm. they were both on mm. the same day. And then before that, the winter bottom was actually run as the leader. To the railway. Glory Hunter. Yeah. Uh, finished fourth in a railway stakes and a week later won Winterbottom. Extraordinary. That little fun fact was courtesy of Michael Heaton, friend of the podcast. What uh, year? Well, I think it was 2007. Okay. Geez, nice to have a horse can do that and just, just butter up to group one week after week. <laughs> That's, um, you know, I double checked that. So Glory Hunter was 2007. Lindsay Smith, Lucas Camilleri, actually. Oh. Lindsay Smith, what a genius. He, old comrade, Ran in the railway stakes, mile, week later, won the railway, week later into the winter bottom, ran second, week later, 1800. Oh, wow. Kingston Town. I think, I don't know if it's called the Kingston Town then, but he won, won Fruit that. Fruit and Veg. Fruit and Veg, yeah. yeah. Phenomenal stuff. Extraordinary. Yeah, hopefully uh, you guys can, uh, all your listeners out there can have a crack at uh, that $100 gift voucher to the Mundaring Hotel. Moving on to race number five, it's the Crown Towers Handicap, 1,200 metres, ratings 72 plus. There's a couple of smart ones going around in this, Terry. Just before we move on, uh, Ortensia. 2009, I thought so. I just didn't want to say it out loud. Uh, won, uh, sixth in the railway and then won the winter bottom as well. Seven mm. days later, so there you go. It, it can be done. It's been a bit but more of a popular can, can be done. move than I thought. Yeah. Fourth and first, you reckon? We'll get to that. Fingers crossed. Uh, anyway, where were we? Sorry, BJ, what, what race are we up to? The race fifth. Five. It's the okay. town crowd, crown towers handy. Did you get to the crown last week? The town crowers? No, I didn't make it to the town crowers last yeah. week, uh, <laughs> BJ. Um, no, no, we kept it all quite uh, nice. Subdued. Yeah, it's always nice and subdued. Yeah. That's probably the opposite to, to what it was, to be honest <laughs> with you. But uh, moving on, uh, this is a, a very interesting uh, race from a speed map point of view. Mm. Um, comes at time uh jim and and britney's horse more aces uh goes around as well is quite a noted speedster then drawn out wide we have pooley 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 um and um and resort man in 12. i found this a really difficult race to map not knowing the mindset um of comes a time and whether uh, i don't know if more aces at his as he gets on a little bit if he has the speed to necessarily hold out a horse like pulley if he comes across so the key for resort man here might be whether pulley can um, find the top and yep. resort man comes across and, and finds the breeze so on paper resort man's first up effort isn't going to read all that well um I that was, it was super I thought it was super too. Exactly right. It, it was uh, the third quickest, um, third or fourth last quickest last two, yeah. um, despite Kira sort of sitting up for the final hundred as well. It was just, it was just never in the race, and it was that day where there is so much forgiveness needs to be given for horses on, on that track. As we were saying before, there there are soft tracks. As Brittany was saying before, there are soft tracks, and then there are soft tracks. You know, mm -hmm. and obviously it got downgraded to um, a heavy later in the day. So um, I, I think if Kira. Um, 
um, Gibbs Resort, man, any type of steer here. I, I even think Resort, man, hasn't gone through the grades enough yet that she can potentially get caught deep and still win this mm. race. Um, but, yeah, I think uh, any type of steer from the gate, and I think Resort, man, will um, will show his class here, guys. Oh, I really like Resort, man, here. I thought – I really liked the first up run. That it reads ninth of tenth, but – it was such a great run in the sense that for a first up performance, mm-hmm. not to flatten the horse for a, you know, Drew barrier 10 of 10 that day. I know it's drawn wide again, but you don't want to see them have that gut buster where they ha- they might get caught three deep when they might be just one run short. So it really overraced too when she was trying to get it back in behind runners. So Never a happy horse. No. And I think you will see her just let it roll forward hopefully she gets a spot and even if she doesn't i think resort man is just that progressive type that's just better than a lot of these that have had their chance mm. yeah we, resort man first up was basically alongside your ways and i think the your ways just rattled home so quickly he was the fastest splits of the day that sort of made resort man look a little bit plain to the eye but that was far from the case as Brittany and terry have said that run that first up performance was um, mighty by Resort Man. He always cut the corner and uh, Resort Man went out and around. And also, he always is one of the fastest closing horses in the state. So it's sometimes it can, the, the, the eye can, uh, the eye test can, uh, can be a little bit misleading. So I, I think that that was a perfect, even though they want to go out there and win, sometimes you just got to go back and cop your medicine. And if you, if you win, you win. If you don't, you'll get them next start. And I think this is the case with Resort Man. I think they're going to get them next start. I'm expecting, like you, Terry, I'm expecting more positivity from the draw. Um, and uh, Paul Lee is a fast horse. If he's ridden for speed, um, comes across, should should just drag Resort Man right, right into the race. He's got some strength. He's got some quality. He was heavily supported to beat Showmanship one day at um, Belmont. So there's, there's there's no denying that this horse is well regarded, but also he's um, he profiles like a – Probably a black type horse in the making, I would say. Uh, I'm, a, I'm in full of grants. I think this is the perfect second up assignment for Resort Man. I'd be surprised if he got rolled. Uh, the only um, the only couple of horses I think potentially have the ability to knock him off if he happens to get caught three three wide no co- no cover or something like that is um, is maybe if Platinum Bullet just follows him and gets the suck and last crack at him maybe um, Platinum Bullet goes super fresh. Goes super well. fresh. Mm. It's actually quite quite a decent. Decent mare. Probably hasn't reached the heights expected of her just yet, but Chris Parnham is going to be following Resort Man everywhere he goes. And if, as I said, if Resort Man's punching three wide, no cover, and is still a touch uh, soft second up, then Platinum Bullet might be able to nail him late. The horse who's just a bit outside of the market, who I thought could run a race from a good draw first up, is Speedy Miss down in the weights. 55 and a half, I think, um, gets in at uh, good each way quotes. I think it's going to get every opportunity from that draw, and I could see Speedy, Speedy Miss running second or third at a quote. So, but yeah, resort men on top. What price? It was very interesting when assessing this, uh, assessing the market and sort of assessing uh, the ride. I guess if Resort Man drew five here, yeah, completely different story. Oh, Resort Man, low, low, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So the beauty is you get a price. Even. I was going to say low, 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 exactly low twos, right. but you're going red odds. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, 100 yeah. red odds. Yeah. yeah, I think Resort Man would have started. Um, I still think there'll be strong money Resort Man. I, I've priced Resort Man three dollars in a conservative market, yeah. um, noting that we may um, that he may end up considerably shorter than that price so just quickly when it comes to time doing a good job since he's transferred to justin worry mm-hmm. i was doing some form for bunbury yesterday and just was it just 
inquisitive about how well the Warwick stable is going. Jumped on, had a look. They're, they've only had one winner of the last 50 runners and that horse was comes a time. So interesting that, um, because I just thought they, they're running well enough, but not really winning the Warwick camp. And so yeah, one winner of the last 50 and that was when comes a time saluted first up. Yeah, wow, that's really interesting because mm. I, I wouldn't have thought that because you keep seeing money come from, particularly I think in the staying races, yep. they just default back to Warwick and yeah, continually seeing money come for his horses. But yeah, obviously it's probably not as, yeah, you don't, you don't realise until you actually until you see the numbers. the actual mm. stats, yeah, 100%. So, so yeah, I think uh, we're all pretty much in alignment here that Resort Man's uh, horse on the way up. And uh, with any with any sort of luck in running, he should be too good for these. Lactar back on denim pack too. Absolutely flies for Lactar. Pretty. I, I'm a little bit disappointed. I've got a bit of baby brain um, this week. How did, how did I miss that? Yeah, I'm a little bit disappointed that Bobby wasn't the first thing you said, actually. Magic but, Mike. Um, Magic Mind, this horse genuinely finds uh, lengths for, for Lactar Romali. If Resortman does get caught deep, he gets a suck suck in. And with Lactar's catch rates at um, at 52 and a half, so unlike you guys, instead of trying to pronounce his last name, I'm just going to call him Lactar. Lucky. Um, lucky, yeah, Lucky Lactar Rails. Have you, have you got off Rail Romali? Because no, you were trying to make Rail Romali a yeah, thing. No, I'm very big on that. But uh, this horse find lengths, finds lengths. Imagine, for, imagine um, three back the fence, so. the yeah. seas part, oh. Rail Romali, passionate as he is. Oh, he loves it. <laughs> 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 what a good young rider, eh? He's doing a good job. He's actually, yeah. He's, he's, we love him. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Well, talking about loving him, you might love him a little bit more after race six, Brittany, and this is the race I've been most looking forward to uh, discussing with you, maybe wagering a macaroon over. Are the, gl um, are the gloves on or off here? No, they're off 100%. Yep. They're off here. They're, oh, they're definitely in the corner. Uh, the Quee Clean, the Quay Clean, <laughs> 1,200 metre. Key Clean. What is it? Key Clean? Key Clean. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, the Quee Clean. Uh, oh, jeez. <laughs> Can we start? <laughs> no, we're rolling. We're rolling. <laughs> Someone else talk. Someone else talk. This is all, this is all too much for you. Then. I love it. I love Whenever I see this name, the race, race name know. of the race wheel, I just- I it's just, circular key, like in Sydney. I just start, yeah, like yeah, I start weird, cackling yeah. to myself. Yep. Okay. It's brilliant. BJ, uh, this is a 1,200-metre race. Uh, it's 78+. I'll, plus. I'll, I'll set this up. I'll set this up because the reason why um, Brittany and Terry are going to get into the ring here is because in one corner we have a part owner of the People Source, face of the podcast, Pinup Boy, Dig Deep. Um, so Terry Layton is part of the Kingsman Syndicate who have a share in Dig Deep, did that and one and um of course team taylor Brittany taylor is um heavily involved with caracapo the top weight now it's caracapo v dig deep that's Brittany v <laughs> terry let's uh let's i guess lay out their respective cases we'll start with you Brittany caracapo on the uh, quick backup going trying to go bang bang yeah obviously he was accepted for the winter bottom but drew 13 at the barriers that was probably more than you know the owner wanting to have a crack at a group one in a year that you can um but nominated him for Can I just just one second mm -hmm. we we couldn't see the barrier draw because mm. it wasn't live streamed mm. um we can talk about that later who was responsible for Barrier 13 for Caracapo? Sam himself. The so the owner so himself. So it wasn't, wasn't Brittany? No. Tyler? No? No, okay. I've got a good record at Barrier Draws. <laughs> I drew the barrier for Regal Power when yep. he won the All-Star Mile. I've never been so – now, Barrier Draws are nerve-wracking, but when you're drawing a barrier for Bob in a race worth that much, that was very nerve-wracking. He wasn't there, was he? No. It was COVID, yeah. Yeah. What gate did you draw? Uh, was it three or four? Oh. Yeah. But just perfect. Yeah. Surely a percentage coming your way. I know. Right? Yeah, that's a pivotal part of the puzzle. Exactly. Yeah. I did my job. Um, yeah, no, so he drew that and uh, 
obviously just before at three o'clock the nominations had come out for here and he'd drawn one. So the obvious way yeah. to go was in that this race, which especially with the climb. Exactly. Mm. And and on what he did last week, he um yeah, he he'd be going into this really well. So how's he how's he pulled up? He's won a one a seventy two plus with 62.5 down three for Romali. Uh, found the front in a um, six-horse field, controlled, in, uh, got a good kick off the, the turn, pinched the brakes, uh, helped, fended them off late and survived a protest as yes. well, as we discussed earlier. Uh, it's almost he, he drops a kilo rising into 78-plus grade and, yeah, more, more likely than not, he's going to find the fence in front again. Yeah, I, I think he has to... Be a massive chance off last week. He's bounced out of the run particularly well um, at home. They couldn't be happier with sort of how he's come through the run. And I think Lactar is really important for him. I have a small school of thought that uh, he might be a, a male rider sort of horse. He, he's the most intelligent horse there is. And I just know even at home he can be a, a, a kid's pony sometimes um, – for for me, I don't know whether it's like a female thing or whatever. And dad gets on and and is much more Business. just excitable mm. and um, yeah, it just just can be a little bit that way. I, I don't know. It's just a weird observation that I've made that I just think he's so intelligent that, uh, that perhaps the aggression from I, the male. I tell you what, it. when Lacta gave him a cut with the stick, mm. he responded. Yeah, and, and that's what I mean. I think mm. he needs. Needs telling. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, he'll, he'll just go, oh, no, I can bludge here. And if he can bludge, he, he, he might will. get away with it. Yeah. It's interesting he's on the one-week backup as well. It's a, I, I went back through his record and it's only uh, it's only been attempted once and it turned his form around uh, sharply. It was a really strong effort off the uh, off the one week. So he might be a horse who really appreciates the, the short backup as well. Um, I'm not really going to try and sell Dig Deep's case too heavily here. I mean, we all like an underdog story coming back from a broken leg, coming back from the adversity of 20 points in a Karakata. He's just – he's the horse everybody wants to see. Um, but I, I am a man. He's, uh, the first agency that went up this morning went up two dollars twenty five. That was when Gates of Babylon was um was in still field. in the field. So I think that's just respect for the guru, isn't it? it? It's understandable. Surprising up a dollar sixty or something. But um, look, I think uh, I think if you are gonna uh, have something on Dig Deep this week, I'd be waiting and um, and chiming in with our friends at the exchange. Um, speed map point of view. Um, Zebel uh, should be leading them up. Um, <laughs> should be leading them up, I, I think. Caracapo tucks in. If Zebel um, isn't a runner, I'm not entirely certain what's happening there because Zebel is racing a little bit out of his grade. So seeing him come out late wouldn't surprise. He's but just going to give too many points away if he wins. You'd think so, yeah. It would be, be 9-4. It's the equivalent of about three wins. Um, so I can't see it. Probably just about ruined Zebel's career yeah. to some degree. have to probably lose six, seven races on the bounce to get down to a winnable rating again. But um, there's one horse here that I think slips completely under the rate. And it's, it's one that's probably come up as one of my better bets of the day and it, it breaks my heart that it isn't dig deep, um, BJ, but Multiverse uh, mm -hmm. is tremendously in here. Um, let's let's muse that uh, Zeebel doesn't run. Caracapo will get a soft lead. Baraki Beats either sits last, 
because he misses the kick or he lands in the breeze and he could be a real pest um, with Peter on. He could be a real pest to Lactar and Brittany and Jim and Lockie with Caracas. He's still haunting. He's been still a pest haunting. for a long time. <laughs> oh, still haunting oh, Team course. Taylor. Yeah. Of, course, of course. I didn't even uh, put the uh, put two uh, together. Um, but I think multiverse is a chance here of either grabbing the back uh, of Barricky Beats or even breezing outside of, uh, of Caracapo. Um, if you go to his run two starts ago um, in uh, – it was the race won by Laverod, and you have a look at the, the weight swings he gave a few horses there after sitting four deep the trip. I think it was five kilos he gave to Cliffs of Comfort, three to Celebrity Queen, who's going to start second or third favourite, in a winter bottom, and five to Long Beach – and his run was arguably just as good or, or not more than a length off of those runners. So with the claim of Matty Derrick, which has been forced by Jason Whiting, hopping onto Fred Dagg, mm. um, how deep he is into this prep and how whether he's had enough or not, um, look, we I, I can't be I can't be sure. But uh, I've actually marked multiverse an equal favourite here, BJ, at around about $4.20. So um, anything north of $10, uh, we'll have to have something on. Hopefully run second. Mm. Hmm. Um, I suppose the only thing with multiverse is he just he's yet to real. Although he ran well two starts ago, he's yet to really uh, put his best hoof forward at Ascot. Uh, I don't know whether that's a thing or not, mm. but um, he um, he. Uh, mm. But yeah, you're right. Good draw gets a nice claim, and his his runs um, winter runs in black type races were would uh, if he hit that sort of rating. On Saturday, geez, it puts him right in the finish, doesn't it? Yeah, he was backed off the map last week as well. When yeah. I say off the map, he was about a hundred bucks into twenty bucks late. And Jason rode him cold um, from the wide gate. He was just never in the in the race on that uh, on that bog track behind the money track Queen. conditions. Potentially, Such a good yeah, soft potentially, heavy track. and exactly right. And, and people probably expecting a slightly more aggressive ride than what we saw as well. So, um, and I think some of that money was actually mine as well. Um, but uh, look, the Ascot record is definitely a concern on paper. But when I see it, when price, I see a run, yeah. when I see a run like that um, that we saw on the twenty fourth of October, to me that says he can can handle the track. Uh, horses really go nicely for Maddie. Sometimes horses actually improve for Maddie. So how how he'll go for a jockey other than Jason Whiting is a little bit of an unknown, but um, I think we're getting the price to find out at double figures. All right, before I give my assessment, head-to-head, who beats who home? Carrick Capo or Dig Deep, Terry? Dig Deep. Oh, we have to stay in our respective corners. You have to stay because uh, you're, you're, you're a little bit sort of subdued. Just the price. The price, uh, as you know, I'm a, I'm a very big price punter. It's yep. all about uh, – it's all numbers for me. Um, I thought we'd see a little bit, and I think we will see a little bit uh, of a – juicier price for dig deep late but no dig deep easily we'll walk past okay if uh caracapo's first in front we'll have uh yards for you to muck out yeah <laughs> there you Do go you know. actually okay. but you did suggest that we yeah that has the, that has been mentioned property to right. record well, that's, how, that's how confident i am in the champ so i'll take that on <laughs> okay all righty um my two cents worth for race six of the day is i i landed on gates of babylon on top actually mm. but he is a Scratching this morning. Did he come out before or after Marcus? Um, well, yeah. well, a little bit. Uh, <laughs> there's a little bit of uh, conjecture on the Scuttle, Twitter sphere this morning. Yeah, a little bit of scuttlebutt. Uh, <laughs> he went up at about nine fifty. I actually marked him three twenty before uh, before he was rubbed out. A clear favourite yeah. would have been my on top selection too. Um, he was back very quickly, backed into about four or five bucks, and then he's uh, taken out of markets, meaning the deductions are a lot higher than yeah. they otherwise would have been. So, a few disgruntled men on Twitter, which we rarely see as disgruntled human beings on, on Twitter. Uh, on Twitter, yeah. rarely see it. Rarely see it. Yeah, usually rarely. all love on rarely. Uh, 
the Twitter platform, mm. isn't it? Uh, for me, I um expecting one of my old faves, actually, Fred Dagg, to run really well first up. It, track pattern dependent. If he can um if he can get sucked into the race with a bit of cover and be within striking distance on straightening. Fred Dagg has some really encouraging uh, first up profile. I think first up last prep he might have run second to Red Can Man um, at Ascot and uh, I think it was at Ascot 1200 as well. He's um, He's got showmanship form last prep. He did ran some, has some really good, um, I guess, Peak, peak figures against some really quality opposition. Fred Dagg will be ridden quietly by, and patiently, as always, by Jason Whiting, saved up for one run at them. If they are making ground on the day, I can see Fred Dagg launching and playing a major part in the finish. Yeah, I can say that. It's a huge, uh, goes extremely well fresh. The run, um, did you mention the run uh, against Red Can Man? Yeah. Up? Yeah, that was just. I think Pims Royale might have been in that race. That was, well. yeah, Pims Royale was mm. a bit stiff in that race, but that mm. was um, that was phenomenal. So, Yeah, old Fred. Me and Fred are going to team up on Saturday. So that's, uh, but yeah, all One of eyes. your favourites, isn't he? I've yeah. always liked Fred mm, Dan yeah. too. <laughs> um, but all eyes will be on uh Terry versus Taylor, Dig Deep versus Caracapo. Um, yes, very interesting. <laughs> Moving forward on to- i nervous now. <laughs> <laughs> got my mum and sister coming out for the day as well. So, and my uh, my little uh, two-year-old niece is going to come out and pat, uh, pat Dig Deep. So we're all winners at the end of the day. Perfect. Family day. And BJ, this Friday is Betfair. Black Friday sale where there will be 80% discount on commission for all bets placed on Friday the 27th of November for Saturday Metro meetings. So that's uh, that's quite incredible actually to be able to offer that much of a discount. I can imagine they're running at a loss just to get involved with it all. I'm even going to chuck up a few tomorrow on the exchange. So I'll tweet them out as we go. But uh, there's a few I want to take on at the shorter prices. So a few, few Betfair lays? A couple of Betfair lays. So, um, how, will I, people, how will people know, Terry? I'll well, tweet. Hey? I'll tweet. At the 1-1 one, one pod. I'll get on the tweet and I'll tweet. I'll tag the 1-1 one, one pod. You can yeah. give it a, a retweet and um, we'll see if you guys can uh, can nick a little bit of my cash. A bit of liquidity. A bit of liquidity in the market early. Mm. We need a bit more of that in Perth. So. Mm, a bit more liquidity. So, yeah, Betfair Black Friday. Yeah, great promotion from our friends at Betfair. Don't bet harder, bet smarter. All right, race seven is the Tab Touch Regional Championship final, the road to Ascot over 1,200 metres. And this is another series finale. <laughs> so This is yours again. <laughs> we're just, just going to put this in context. We had a series heat run at Kalgoorlie. We had a series heat run at Geraldton and another conducted at, where was that? Albany, rather, sorry, apologies. So you had to obviously run well in those respective heats to qualify for the final. So I think it's the first five across the line in each heat um, were compelled to go into this 15-horse final. And if we thought the West Speed final was hard, this is a whole nother level. I reckon this is a gift, actually. Oh. Terry, mm. take it away. Yeah, I think this is a this is a little bit of a gift. This is one of the most intriguing markets. When they went up this morning, some of the prices were just like completely and utterly wild. Like they went up, um, I think they went up forty six bucks. Pure Magnus is now thirteen across. Like nobody knew how to price it. You can yeah. almost tell they've just sort of put a number next to each horse. Um, the horse I've marked favourite has come up uh, the fourth roughest. 
Love it, um, love it. In, in the field. So I, when I say marked favourite, I think it was a $8.20 favourite. So I was lucky to have any horse underneath the uh, the $10 mark here. Um, but whether this horse can replicate, say, his Kalgoorlie form, um, it's the beach I'm talking about. Sorry, right right down the bottom with Jade McNaughton. Whether, um, or whether she, sorry, can replicate her Kalgoorlie form in the city is the big question mark. But what she has done since going to Kalgoorlie has been nothing short of phenomenal. Um, two starts ago, they went about eight lengths above benchmark, led the entire way through a strong win. Bright Glow has come to town since and run some reasonable races midweek. Um, his, her most recent effort uh, in the heat for this race, while beaten home by Manhattan Money and uh, Pure Magnus, the pressure that she received from Concrete Madame when going, uh, again, nearly eight lengths above bench. Concrete Madame and Blooms are the two um, that applied all the pressure. They've run long last, long second last. Um, she boxed on incredibly. Brave, um, yeah. yeah. Incredibly brave to, uh, to run third. Look, We've got the month between runs. We've got this horse who was performing and it's probably, it would have been the the track where she's trained and obviously she's familiarized herself with and she feels comfortable there. If she's able to bring that form to Ascot, um, you've got Cool Serenity and Magic Opus who will come across from barriers 10 and 16. But if she's able to use her early speed and have a little break on them so she isn't being eyeballed by one of that pair, I reckon she gives a massive, massive, massive kick out in front. And I found it very difficult to, to suggest how you could have one of the Fernie runners shorter than her in the market just watching that last outing, guys. So at um, at 31 bucks each way, she's, uh, she's without doubt uh, my bet. Well, I like the confidence mm. because it's usually at this – it will be at this time of day where I talk about how – greater concept this is for the broadcast <laughs> and everything. And I do, I love it from a concept point of view, the fact that, you know, regional country people get the chance to own horses that are racing in the city on the winter bottom stakes day. But, mm. oh, it gave me a headache. It's not good one for punters, no. is it? No. no. no there's usually a fa- uh, sort of a standout uh, horse from the Fernie Yard, like we saw Mr. Genoa a couple of years ago. Well, they've held back bringing to town, sort of like, we'll win this race. Yeah. You know, that 100K race, and then we'll go and um, it's, go it's, bigger and better. It's even so. more interesting, with, like, as you said, Terry, 28 days since the Kalgoorlie heat. Yeah. And then it's how many days since Geraldton was like. 13 days since the Albany heat, and it's been 14 days. So it's, you've got, yeah, you've got. Uh, another sort of layer where they're sort of coming from coming from different pathways from a well, run, uh, gap between runs point of view. One thing I wanted to ask Brittany was just in a race like this, part of it's about analysing where the strongest form lines are from. Mm. It is the strongest form line Albany? Is it Jelton? Is it Kalgoorlie? And you, you look at the market and you've got the favourite is Albany, second favourite Kalgoorlie. Um, Third favourite Jelton. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Yeah. So they've sort of long knife. How long knife brother 12 bucks? Come on. Please the, grow up. The, the great grow up. Oh, <laughs> I, I, I hope Long Knife Brother wins. I'd, there'd be nothing better than to see Desi Atwell take out this race. But um, so does. the market, I mean, even what about Moses at $4.40? Yeah, sure, a- absolute. Sure. Mm. Can't walk in Kalgoorlie. But why is Pikey on, on that one? You know, mm. there, there's always more to jockey bookings than what we see on face value. But gee whiz, guys. Usually. When in doubt, you're able to sort of go for the trainer who you know can either travel them, they've got the experience, they've got that satellite stable here at Ascot. But when you go through, so many of them do. You've got Peter Fernie with so much representation. Roy Rogers constantly travels, Ash Maley, um, Steve Wolf. All of them are used to travelling horses week in, week out. You can't mm-hmm. even yes, say, you- oh, well, hang on, there's one that we'll just go with that. Exactly right. Well, I... Um- 
I <laughs> not all at once, guys. <laughs> think that I thought Megadon was impressive at Gerald the other day. It's got the good draw. Um, if you know, kept out of trouble by Michelle Hagley, Money Maley in form. Um, he'll have a spring in his step, that's for sure. I think he might be might be bashing down the uh, the vantage point on Saturday, Brittany. So, um, <laughs> Money Maley with uh, Megadon and uh, Michelle Hagley, I think it's as good a chance as any. Uh, double figures wise, I think I really like the two lead up runs of Read the Ride Act. Was a clear last first up at Mount Barker and just sort of worked home eye catchingly, and then um, hit the hit the line as hard as anything in the Albany series heat for the road to ascot building 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 roy's uh he trying to win it last week um heavenly yeah. waters is two, what it's called two year old, uh, yeah. the two-year-old and um uh, in a bit of form, trigger. And he declared it too. He said they sent it out to their entire <laughs> that database. Doesn't, that doesn't sound like Roy. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a lot um, of these trainers are actually in really good form too. Yeah. As we're just just mentioning some of those names, Wolfie's obviously flying. Ash Maley's got pushed a pass. A couple of the old boys up in oh. the leagues pushed a pass. And red uh, publisher, red publisher. Some horses just think, oh, they're probably at their mark. They're a bit mm. old. I don't know where another win comes from. Mm. Um, yeah, and Roy Rogers, they're um, absolutely flying. And obviously Peter Ferdy's always yeah. flying. So, so yeah, my two. Winning chances were Megadon and Read the Ride Act, and uh, I had I had the Beach Third in my um, Did you? top four. Yeah, my price. Uh, I didn't do markets yeah. last night, but I just thought that it's the leader. It's got weight, significant weight um, advantage over the horses that it competed against in Kalgoorlie, uh, who were going to be in the market last start. And if it's leaderish, and she's going to be off and gone, so. Um, yeah, I think um, think it's as good a chance as any wide open road to Ascot. But for me, Money Maley, Megadon, and Trigger Rogers read the right act. Brittany, Brit, have you got a tip? No, no. no. <laughs> Pass. Pass. When you get to your quaddy, would you be hitting the field button? Here? Oh, you would have to, wouldn't you? Mm. I'm not a. I'm not much of a. Fi- I don't like going field. No, we'll narrow it down a little bit. What about the naming boring, process for Long Knife Brother? I love it. It's brilliant, isn't it? It's it, genius. Yeah. Some things are it's like there's that, uh, what's that new restaurant? I think it's not even new. It's over in Melbourne already, like meat and wine, or there's one that's called like meat and bun, just a burger place. I think that type of stuff, just simplicity is the new, um, I don't know. Do you know what someone told new. me the other day? The person that from Pixar that named the movie Cars got paid $300,000 bonus for calling it Cars. Yeah, that's witty. Simplicity. Well, yeah. well the, whoever's, whoever named Long Knife Brother needs a bonus too. Doesn't <laughs> it's very simple, isn't it? Lo- it's Long Knife Brother, the stable mate, and the brother. Therefore- It's Long Knife Brother. Long Knife Brother. Do you reckon they got paid for naming the, um, the one out, one back racing podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, moving on. Race number eight is the Tattersall's Cup, one of the time-honoured lead-ups to our Perth Cup, our feature staying event of the um, WA Racing calendar. And the cracking Perth Cup it's going to be as it's well. It's going to be good, isn't it? You can see it shaping, can't you? Can you you're, you're our futures man, or you're just the guru. Um, when do the Perth Cup markets usually filter through to? Uh, after so the day after noms or the day yeah, off? Yeah, the day after noms day usually, after yeah, noms. Monday, Tuesday type of thing. They should come out with the cock steaks usually. comes out at the same time. Um, so, yeah, it'll be really interesting how they um, they mark this race early with Spiritual Warrior and um, not many from this race. He's a park will be in the market, but uh, Nerf Bosk is being set that way. They wouldn't have expected Nerf Bosk to be winning a race over 1,400, 1,500. Yeah, 1,400 carbine. Last but yeah, really is. To have that um, sprint. And, and Neville said he's been really, really happy with how he's been going mm. and 
for a horse that's on a Perth Cup path to sprint like he did, watch out. Yeah, exactly right. I mean, it's just such an intriguing, intriguing just truly a, great. Truly great, just about a Perth Cup moral. Yeah, 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 if you have been saying yeah. that for a while. It's just it looks a really intriguing Perth Cup. We've had some years where it maybe hasn't uh, uh, got us as excited as maybe some of um, Hopefully they can all get there. That's the thing. Exactly, this exactly is, it's right. the attrition we rate. Go, we better not go the early crowd. It's the attrition rate which sometimes can rob the Perth Cup of, mm. of its luster. But, um, but, yeah, so this is one of the stepping stones um, to the Perth Cup. It's the People Start Tattersall's Cup, uh, listed 20 to 100 metre, $100,000 race. Spiritual Warrior on the quick backup after a, a racing in the railway stakes first up last Saturday. And um, there's a couple of other interesting runners. Royal Command comes up short, 265 for William Pike wearing the cerise and white. Uh, horses returned in pretty good form. However, from a ratings point of view, this cup race is a... 90, 90 plus, plus yeah. so Royal Command's getting in as an 85 rate. Not that it worries Peter's investments too much, but um, he's out of the handicap. So, um, and uh, hasn't won for over 12 months as well. So, 265 is that a bit thin, Guru? Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's definitely thin. I'm not convinced Royal Command gets the journey either. Um, looks to do his best work up to the 1800. I know we haven't seen him besides a Perth Cup, and in that Perth Cup, he was actually ridden um, probably more forward, I think, than he'd probably do some of his better work. So expect Pikey to be perhaps a little bit more patient out of the gates, but I think. For a horse third up at the 2100, that's a little bit thin of a quote, Brittany. Um, what do you him. make of his Ascot Gold Cup run then when he was had to be ridden along at the 600, had to have a backhander before the corner? Is that a track thing then? Or yeah. is, because that to me says he needs further. He's you know, losing touch with them, that he is looking for that ground now, but we haven't really seen him do it. Well, that race, it, when it came to black booking horse for that race, I actually just black booked, the, I just wrote down black booked the field basically. Um, nothing really made an impression on the on the leading pair or anything on pace. Uh, Tell him a comer was in that race. Noida Rui was well supported in that race. Friaresque was well supported in that race. I think all the wheels just span. I think uh, Too Close to Sun just was often going from home when they tried to, to sprint with Too Close to Sun, who we know was just turning into um, turning into a superstar in his own right. Mm. Um, I, I think all the wheels just span. So I expect, and I price Royal Command favourite, um, but I think something closer to that $4 mark is a fair price for a horse third up with still some question marks um, whether he'll run out of strong 2100. I like Arctic Stream. Mm-hmm. First up, I thought his first up last year run at Wait for Age was nice. It was only four and a half lengths away. It was a slowly run race, so he didn't have to burn too much early and just sort of tacked onto them late. Paul Harvey was his usual sort of um, quiet sort of self late in the race. And so they booked Lacta? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And then was he not allowed to ride or? What was the? Yeah, I think yeah, that might be the case. Listed three kilo, three kilo claimer and all yeah. that. So, this this is a little bit silly. I would suggest that Lactar can't ride here, but Carleen Heffel can ride in a hundred thousand dollar race earlier in the car. They're yeah. worth the exact same yeah. amount. I know that one's not one's black type. Black type. And, yeah. but, uh, it's it's, it's a anomaly. And Lactar's been riding in you know the majority of cities. Probably riding more than most seniors at the mm. moment. So it's a little a, bit silly. Bit of an I anomaly, thought, yeah. but um, yeah, uh, they bounced out. Arctic Stream from Barrier 12 in the Carbine Club last Saturday. And he's landed, he, basically he's landed outside leader, but then Luke's goal was virtually a tearaway leader. Mm. And the tempo was kind of crazy, to be honest, um, for Luke's gold. And just Arctic Stream had to do a lot of the heavy lifting to to punch into the breeze and, and drag them up. He's only beaten 2.4 lengths. Came again. 
Yeah, I think that run will do him the world of, world of good. Quick back up, up in trip. He raced, he really came of age around this time last year. Arctic Stream looked like he was going to be a world beater early, lost his way, and then he really came on last preparation. And, um, yeah, he was a leading chance in the Perth Cup last year and he ran really well. He came back in the winter and ran an absolute cracker at weight for age in the Belmont Sprint, only beaten two lengths behind Perfect Jewel. Um, with a soft run from gate four with Sean O'Donnell aboard. Sean O'Donnell, famous for pickup ride winners. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember that period of time where the, week after week it just kept um, happening? Yeah, it's f- freak at it. Oh. Um, yes, O'Donnell, he just put him on and he's just, yeah, it, it was a bit like that with Block of Land the other day actually. I yeah. thought he was the gonna, could be the key to unlocking him, but I think he's just going to get a right run Arctic Stream. He's got a bit of quality about him, 55 kgs after racing at Wave for Age and set weights and penalties. Um, I reckon he's as good a chance of any at the moment, um, Arctic Stream in this race. So I, th- I think he's going to give this a big shake. I think you've made a really compelling case. Mm. I, I was Utgard Loki just knowing that improvement that, uh, Lockie had mentioned to me just prior to the run in the Ascot Gold Cup and uh, knowing sort of the amount of work that Justin can get into them, I thought that uh, he was capable here, but I really take your points on Arctic Stream. Mm-hmm. I went into this race expecting to find Arctic Stream um, and obviously everything's all price orientated for me, but I've ended up with Utgard Lockie um, on top from a price perspective. Had him just uh, only just mildly behind um, behind Royal Command in my market. He opened That's, 850, didn't he? Yeah, he did open 850, yeah. We weren't going to allow that to last. Come on, Brittany. We weren't going to allow that to last. I've got him closer to around about 460 type thing to me. From uh, from the alley with a race where there isn't all that much speed and it's all well, it's very Justin Warwick orientated speed wise. I think he'll just roll over, um, maybe even lead this up breeze type thing. Um, thought his run in the Ascot Gold Cup was really good, just just ground away like they all did. Um, but yeah, as as you mentioned before with these Justin Warwick stays, once they hit form mm. and fitness. Um, they tend to hold it. So I think this, I think I've got Utgard Lockie will be a better horse over the journey as we saw last campaign as well. So look, we're getting an each way quote, something around six fifty seven bucks. Um, that's plenty for me to get involved. But I think Arctic Stream is a major player too. The thing that turned me off was the 1,400 to 21. Yeah. There might just be one short. We might yep. just be one run short there for, uh, for him to be fully fit. But um, no, another good version of the uh, – of the tats. Watch Royal Command just blow them away now. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so hey, as we try and get past What are you what are, what are we expecting from spiritual warrior? I imagine that it's um Perth Cup bound, of course. Um he's one of our very best stayers. Uh is this I don't know, like I don't want to be too flippant about it, but is it a bit of a prep run? Just a Prep run for a spiritual warrior? Yeah, they interviewed Lucy. Well, they interviewed all the jockeys after the, the railway. Oh, I and, saw that. Um, yeah, just a quick comment. They'll give the – and she said, mm. um, yep, on, on track for the Perth Cup. Cup. You know, yeah. that was – I think the blinkers oh, – this this might be completely wrong, but I think the blinkers might have gone on in the railway. It's like, all right, we'll see if we can – Keep up. Spring well <laughs> fresh or keep up. Let's yeah. see if we can sprint yeah. well The last time we saw we him was at 3,200. Yeah. <laughs> But poor, um, poor old spiritual warriors cop the fastest, the second yeah. fastest railway of all time. <laughs> it's an in, when you're talking prep runs, it is funny and it's it's very Justin Warwick esque to be a prep run for a race in in a month and a half to yeah. be backing up of seven days with a 61 from a wide gate. So who, who knows? Maybe spiritual warrior could be a, a late out here. But um, no, that's that's very. He doesn't really worry about. We worry about. Oh, we don't want to give that horse a gut bust at all. We're, oh, no. we're and nah, the old trotting yeah, just, sort just, of yeah, way. Exactly <laughs> the right. more the better. Exactly yeah. right. So um, yeah, I think. Uh, 
he'll well and surely have his, what is it, Bart Cummins? Uh, 10, ten, ten yeah. yeah, I think he'll have his 10K in him by the time he gets to the Perth Cup. So, But, yeah, just a, just a prep one. If, if he wins this, geez, take him straight to Melbourne. So he wins anything. All right. It's the Crown Perth Winter Bottom Stakes Group 1. 1200 meters standard weight for age our the jewel in our sprinting crown over here in west australia it's been won by some of the greats of the turf which we've mentioned earlier i mean miss andretti buffering both went on to win uh internationally we had uh champions the like of uh, well take over target of course he went and won at royal ascot as well for uh diamond joe joniak and um and, and Jay Ford, what a story he, he was. And, of course, uh, Brittany Taylor's family have a rich history with the Winterbottom Stakes as well. And um, it's just been a good horse's race for a long period of time. And um, and speaking of good horses, we the number one saddlecloth, Godolphin Royal Blue, he's a Group 1 sprinter of the highest order trekking. He comes up as our $2.20 favourite, Drew Barrier 11. William Pike, Sir William, has been booked to ride, booked in advance. Um, I guess he's going to be the uh, the horse that everyone's going to be turning towards. He's going to be the popular elect. Terry, are you tackling trekking or are you looking to play around the current $2.25? Well, I think it well it goes against my DNA to to hop into an even money favourite that has to travel across the country. Um, I have no doubt that trekking is the the best and most credentialed horse in this race, but you have to travel across the country. It's um, I think it's basically an ideal situation, uh, ideal identical situation to last year's assault on the race when trekking started two dollars ninety went okay. You know, it went okay. It was an on-speed dominator race that day, but Trekking still arguably could have done a little bit more. Um, he's only a year older. He's coming in with the same type of form. He's drawn off a little bit. Look, I, I can understand why a lot of people are piling and say he's unbeatable, but I, I don't believe a horse should ever be even money when you've got to travel across the country, um, to be honest with you. So... That being said, we're going to look. Um, we're going to look around trekking here. Uh, it needs to be noted, as most people would have seen by now, um, that Brittany has ruined the, uh, <laughs> the the winter bottom for all uh, Indian Pacific backers by scratching Caracapo. Um, Jason, a bit disappointed, is he? No, no, no. no. I think he was yeah. with the expectation that uh, if he was drawing well in a ratings race, that that's where he belonged. Um, with Condor Heroes now in the race, so I know that the I know especially Michael, um, Jan Jamie, um, they are uh, they're somewhat bullish. He can run a race here at a big price, but uh, look, we know with Condor Heroes in this race, we will see a frenetic tempo set. Uh, Lockie actually texted me yesterday, and he used a great analogy um, with Indian Pacific here, and he thinks that Indian Pacific, and I couldn't have said this any better, if, if uh, Indian Pacific will be leading up the peloton. Mm. Behind uh, to use a Tour de France uh, yeah. terminology, we'll, we'll be leading up the peloton behind um, Condor Heroes. So, look, I'm the last run, and I don't think it, it's hard to quantify. It doesn't read a, as good as it looks on paper. Even uh, it's it's about understanding the work that Indian Pacific did underneath Valor Road. Um, Indy, but just never he never ever looked happy in the run in the Colonel Reeves on that heavy track. The way he cut up the rest of the field while receiving pressure, I thought he was entitled to be beaten a long way. Like I didn't, I didn't think he deserved to be beaten under a length celebrity queen, a stage man who, yes, they came from further back, and yes, 
aesthetically that's going to look more pleasing it always does look more pleasing when a horse comes from um well off them to swallow them up but i felt the race with the tempo that condor hero set there was an entitlement to do so um the winkers go on here i think that might be a little bit of a, a cherry on top for the for the big dance for neville parnham here but i think indian pacific uh, finds the rail um Follows up Condor. The key for Brad Parnham here, I think, is never to restrain. So for some reason, he does catch Condor Heroes, or they try and go a little slower on Condor Heroes. Just peel out to the breeze. Just peel out to the breeze. I don't want to see for one second Indian Pacific not fluent or smooth or happy in the run. I believe Indian Pacific is uh, an upcoming superstar. Never been beaten when leading or breezing. And while he won't be leading or breezing this, it's sort of the equivalent of doing so if he just runs his own race and forgets that Condor Heroes is out there. So this is one of the better bets. Well, this easily is my best bet on the card. Um, we've chopped and chipped away at the price. Uh, I started going before the barrier draw. I didn't think the barrier draw mattered so much for a horse with a lot of speed, but you couldn't have asked for a better barrier draw. He's going to have some slow ones like Durandal on his back, who I suspect um, he'll be able to shake off with some ease. Look, I'm, I'm pretty bullish. You do sound bullish. Yeah, if you couldn't tell, yeah, I'm pretty bullish. So he worked in the blinkers on Tuesday, and yeah. he just overdid it. Yep. So that's why Neville's gone for the the winkers okay. instead, sort of gone for the halfway sort of mark. But everything you say is right. He, he was just chasing last start, and I think it's very hard for a horse that's constantly just sort of out of their comfort zone to then finish off strongly. And I thought he actually did a reasonable job mm. of that. And that's it. If he if he just runs his own race, don't worry about what Condor's doing out in front. Condor will come back to you. So if you just set your own tempo and where he's comfortable, um, then, yeah, he can run an almighty race. But I just think trekking's the class here. Uh, you, the one thing about horses coming over here, this race has been dominated by East Coasters. But this time has been a little bit different with COVID restrictions. Trekking's campaign wasn't ideal. Had to run in the Everest, back up a week later later into a Manicato. And I think it was on the Monday that they then had to fly. So you, you've raced in the Manicato and then on the Friday night mm. and then on Monday had to get on a plane and, and fly. So that wouldn't typically be your ideal time. But I think he's had long enough since then Um to, to settle in here in Perth and we've seen him at the trials now and I think if he just brings that form, he has to be awfully hard to beat. Yeah, he did have that trial hit out at mm. Belmont on Monday. Um, just cantered up to them, looked like, like like the class horse he is. So he's had that he's had that sort of breeze up hit out, pipe opener in the uh, th over a 1,000 metres at Belmont on Monday. Uh I think Godolphin have done well booking the wizard just quietly. Mm. <laughs> this is this is almost the perfect wizard horse, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. You know, um, and they could have, uh, yeah, they've 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 done superbly. Um, what is okay? So, what does Condor Heroes mean to the backmarkers, Terry? Like, does it? Is it what? It, what you know, like how? So, where is where is too far back for a horse like trekking? Well, you can't I imagine forget, he can when be watching a the race, I'd almost, if you're watching it, if you're not watching it live and you're watching it on a screen, put your hand over Condor Heroes. Yeah. And pre pretend, pretend Condor Heroes isn't in the race. So um, Condor Heroes only can be a positive for being a little bit of a roadblock or making Indian Pacific come out earlier than he has to or making Indian Pacific maybe take a little sit where he just wants to be, as I said before, fluent and free in the run. So there's no way that Condor Heroes advantages those on speed. Um, but for, for Trekking, 
booking and for uh, Celebrity Queen stage man, um, he's, he's definitely, um, yeah, he's going to bring them into play, I suspect. Yeah, obviously trekking as the market suggests and um, from a quality point of view, easily the horse to beat, which is why he's so short. I'm going to tip around him though. I think that there is um, opportunities with local horses to knock him off. They being Stage Man, Indian Pacific, as Terry alluded to, and Elite Street. Elite Street is the Elite most Street. fascinating runner mm. in this race. He's um, he's he's handled handled a brutal tempo. Two starts ago, three wide, no cover, and absolutely brained him. His win last start was um, arrogant, I would say. Uh, this is a huge, <laughs> huge leap, huge yeah. um, throw up the stumps, but he just. You could tell when we had Brad Parnham on um, a couple of weeks ago now that he was very enthusiastic that this horse would would make the grade. So he's a, he's a big X factor X factor runner. So the horses capable of beating rec is trekking rather uh, locally are Stage Man, Indian Pacific, and Elite Street. I think they all have the talent to to top end talent and the peak performances to win this race. And um, so they're. Yeah, flip of the coin, either, either of those three. I think Stage Man, for me, he just feels like a horse who could be any. I said we said this last week. Could mm -hmm. be anything, but there's obviously there's a there's a um, I don't know. There's a, there's a there's a chip that's not quite right. He's a bit chinky, isn't he, Stage well, Man? Well, it's just in the gates. Yeah. If he's jumped those past two runs, he wins. Yes. He's just. He's his own worst enemy, and yeah. if if he can get out of the gates, oh, he he's looking incredible. I don't know if anyone yeah, has seen those videos of yeah. Adam Durant that he's been putting yeah. out with yep. Stage Man and his preparation. It's been really great insight, but the horse looks so so good. If he runs up to his looks and uh, can just step out a little bit cleaner than mm. he has. Paddy Carberry gets the ride, replacing mm -hmm. a suspended Clint Johnston Porter. So he's so yeah, they're, they're the three I think: Stage Man, Indian Pacific, and Elite Street. Now, before I go any further, I need to we need to discuss your thoughts before I start on Red Can Man. How do you assess Red Can Man's chances, Terry? Oh, good on him. I don't mind the little drawback here. I think there'll be a thought process going forward. Is the mile on Red Can Man's uh, limit? His best, he's probably his best distance is going to be the fourteen hundred potentially going forward. Um, you can probably assess that a little better than I, being uh, closer to the stable and probably following a little bit closer than than I do. But um, look, I think with the hot tempo, he's got the the speed to land up near him. I'm expecting an honest race. I think he finishes top six. Um, I think he's probably over the odds. Is he still 26, 30 to one? I saw yesterday. Yeah, uh, some places. Some yeah, places. Round, yeah, he's, he's low twenty. Quote, some places. Yeah. Yeah, I love I love conventional campaigns. I must admit. So uh, I think he'll run his honest race. I have think you'll we, get a check. Have we had a good sighter on him at the mile? Guineas was really slowly run last year and then he comes into the, what you say, the second fastest railway. Mm -hmm. He didn't look like he fully ran it out, but he probably was entitled to not do it given the tempo. Mm -hmm. at, in a normal run mile, does he get? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, did too close to Sun get the mile? I mean, he's finished ahead behind him. Yeah. So after landing on top of a, you know, um, Sort of crazy, sort of speed. Um, that'll that'll play out in time, I mm. think. For me, I don't think the mile, the mile is an issue. I, for me, the just touching on the railway. My gut feel is, if in a perfect world, I think 
most people will, will say and, and agree on that Sean McGrady gave Red Camman every possible chance last Saturday in the railway stakes. In a perfect world, however, I would have loved to have seen him land 1-1 and be the first horse to go, basically the same game plan as what Too Close to Sun did. I feel as though if, if he hit the straight with a bit more momentum and a, and a, and a gap, because he just he worked so hard up on top of that speed, even though he's in the box seat, it was going so fast. But he just didn't have a lot to show for it, if you know what I mean. Like he's he straightened up with Inspirational Girl basically on his heels. So and and um, so he just didn't have a lot to show for the I guess the fuel that he spent early in the race. So I would have liked to have seen him off and gone. If that had been the case, I think he probably ran second, but he didn't. He ran he ran fourth, and uh, which which stung. Mm. But um, I reckon he's just, I reckon he's going to run a mighty race on Saturday. I think. He He's, he's easily up to these talent-wise. The Whether he can back up off such a um, high-pressure race, high-pressure mile is, 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 you know, we'll find out. I'd, yeah, I'm tipping, I'm tipping Red Cam Man's going to be up for the fight and I'd be surprised if he doesn't run the top four, to be honest. Um, and I think Terry's, I think he's a bit, a bit overs. But, um, but man, like, yeah, if, these, these are the three horses I'll be backing. I think Indian Pacific, Terry's knocked the price off. So that's... Um, that's uh, uh, who said it was me? <laughs> Terry and friends have knocked the price off. So for me, I'm going to be having three win bets, Red Can Man, Stage Man, Elite Street. So. No mention Vital Silver, second in the race last mm. year. I worry with Vital Silver. I know, I know the the Pierce camp is quite confident heading into the race. Was that just a? I know it wasn't just one campaign, but was that just a, a period of time where he's peaked and they've struggled to get him back to that? I mean, you can find excuses. First up, Peter Hall rode him when he had, I think he had the grandstand and he's back behind Money mm. Matters and. Uh, I can't think of the other sprinter's name. And then second, Jericho Missile. Jericho Missile, yeah. And then second up over the 1,200, he was boxed away. And as we know, Vital Silver's a horse that likes to roll and run. Um, then came out in that fast run, 1,400 metres. And while his record at 1,400 reads really well on paper, that's all earlier in his career against Still, he was, he was three so. wide, no cover, punching into a- He got yeah. some cover for a bit. Thought he was entitled to do a t touch more, mm. maybe. So, look, I don't know whether he's fully had that chance. But, yeah, look, if I think if we get tracking beating here, and I've got a feeling- look, just listen to Brittany and, and the fact that one thing Brittany said and it's, it's bang on is the fact that this is the race dominated by the Eastern Stables and the reason is it's weight for age. Yeah. And, I mean, if this is a handicap, tricking's absolutely cooked. Um, but under the weight for age conditions, the, the good horses tend to come to the fore. But, um, look, Vital Silver has run two seconds in, in, in group ones and um, he will be the horse that gets under everyone's guard here again. And remember, he was held over in Melbourne so and yeah. Eamon Rock Magic when, when COVID first hit, the two of them were both stranded there. So they didn't come back. He probably didn't have the traditional lead up in that though that winter sort of time. So whether we saw sort of the best of him through that mm -hmm. time, and yeah, Rock Magic was another one. He was stuck over there and whatever. Can you just imagine? Just, oh, I can't. Just, no. just think for one second what it would be like if an eleven-year-old won the winter bottom. If it was like Rock Magic is, I feel is everyone's favourite horse. Well, this I'd, place wouldn't know what he's in room. I don't think I didn't think I had a heart, right? I genuinely thought I was completely and utterly heartless. The amount I've got an absolute, I'll be honest, I've got an absolute fortune on Indian Pacific. I would genuinely prefer to see Rock Magic. Yeah. I genuinely yep. prefer to see Rock Magic win this race. I won't have a cent on. I, I don't believe he can win. So, and I know that the lads love hearing me when I said uh, <laughs> Condor Heroes couldn't win. And uh, that's how they introduced me to each other now. This is the bloke that knocks <laughs> Condor Heroes. Um, but uh, look, just the shades going on at 11. I've loved 
love that he's drawn a guy. Jared, I mean, we don't know how long's left for riding with Jared as well. I think he's coming yeah, to the end true. in that sense. Yep. This is a potential swan song. I think that they would bow out, bow out together. Oh, Him and Rocky. Jeez, what, what a wouldn't story. Wouldn't that be oh. something, hey? Wouldn't that be something? So I, I hope he runs a mighty race. I'd love for him to see him run a hole. It'd be um, scenes. Oh, there'd be scenes. Yeah. The, uh, the rock magic bar will be absolutely uh Pumping probably for a week. It is just remarkable to run in your fifth winter bottom. They got him in 2014. He won four of his first five races and in the end of that first prep he ran in his first. 2014 and now we're going in his fifth in 2020. It's just about got to name the Roma Cup after him as well. Yeah, the Rock Magic Roma Cup. The Rock Roma. Uh, Anyway, final selections. You're tipping three, BJ. Give us one on top. Come on. on Get off the fence. Stage man. Stage man? Yep. Uh, Indian Pacific for me. Trekking. I don't like doing it, but. Uh, uh, it makes uh, yeah. complete and utter sense. Another uh, another group one. Pikey might just be able to clean sweep the three group ones as well. Everyone will be, <laughs> He's gonna Everyone will be hoping Pikey bugs off, buzzes off again soon, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Especially the jockeys anyway. So comes home and rides the two big group ones. So, all right. What time is it, Guru? Uh, it's time for the last BJ. It's time for the Get Out Stakes. S T E A K S. I was a bit concerned with my uh, spelling, uh, the way I've been going today. I thought the spelling might be off, but uh, tell it. us more about it. Nailed it. Yeah? Nailed it. Extremely popular. Get Out Stakes is brought to you by Market City Meats, the largest retail butcher shop in Perth, located at the Canningvale Markets on Bannister Road. Timmy Hewitt runs the show. Please swing past and say good day, Timmy and his team. They'll take the best of care. Um, congratulations to last week's winner, Harley Field. Uh, he was the only person to lock in Nerf Bosk on top in last week's Get Out Stakes. So he uh, he saluted. Harley is Melbourne-based, though, uh, and he has requested that we carry over the stakes to this week. Oh, it's oh. a jackpot. It's a jackpot. I'll tell you what. It's a jackpot. So we have $100 worth of gourmet sirloin on offer in race 10 this Saturday. So thanks, Harley. And... Um, he, he has actually been with us from the start, one of our longest supporters at the 1-1, one, one, and he's been entering, I reckon he's entered the Get Out Stakes every week, and he finally chalked up a victory in the in the one-year episode last week. So congratulations, oh, Well mate. done, Harley. So to enter this week's Get Out Stakes, remembering it's 10 races, so send through who you think will win the 10th on Saturday at Ascot, Winter Bottom Stakes Day, and a decimal winning margin, two decimal places preferred. Remembering the Sam White rule, Terry, first in, best dressed. Ten races. That's a lot of races, isn't there? I'm actually quite glad there's not a meeting at a, um, a provincial track at the same time because it just all gets a bit much for me while I'm out here. So, um, Brittany, have you got the winner in the last for us? No, you kick it off. Oh, no. <laughs> BJ, have you got the winner in the last for us? Have I got the winner in the last? Yes, I do. Oh, oh, perfect. Good. Well, then we're done. Oh, thank God someone's Let's got confidence. <laughs> uh, I think Tollman will win. He is my on top selection. I uh, yeah, his first up run was was really really good, uh, over fourteen hundred meters at Ascot seventy two grade. He f- followed that up. He did get a few favours the other day with some interference. The rest of the uh, field knocked yeah. around. Nuadaru Nuadaru uh, clipped a toe, mm, toe clip, and uh, basically knocked out, wiped out half the field. Um, but he got the rather race. But he won any. If you watch the replay, he actually won. Is pricked really um, naughty by nature. Uh, Sophie Song ran second. Naughty by nature third. Uh, naughty by nature has one since, and Sophie Song got beaten in the last couple of bounds by Red Publisher last Saturday. Tollman 
True Tennis uh, found a bit of form actually, which is which is good. He wrote a double at Bunbury yesterday. I think he's going to be positive again from a good draw for for Tolman, who I reckon is a is a pretty decent horse actually. On the rise, he's going to get every opportunity. Um, Fifty five kgs rising to this to this grade. He he gets in exactly on the minimum rating because this is actually a seventy seven plus. So for me, I think um, I think Tolman is the winner and Canvas is the biggest danger. Terry. Uh, I'm with you. Nice and simple. Looks to map a treat. Did not expect to find Tollman. Mark Tollman four, currently five. So probably a bet. But uh, Money Maher is flying mm. since return. Two very unlucky runs. Caught deep on both occasions. My worry is by race 10, how's that inside pad playing? Three or four back defence can be a little bit of a concern at times. So look, Tollman's the one that makes uh, the most sense to me from a speed map point of view. And as you said, I think um, I think he's quite progressive. I was Money Maher. I, I'm not usually a massive fan of a horse that has come off injury and it's been multiple injuries, multiple setbacks over the years until they've done it. I just like to see them do it before you want to be on. But um, I thought last week's effort in the carbine was good, was wide and chasing the whole way. And you think up to, to up to a mile will be suitable, was going to get a cushy run from one. So I ended up siding that way. You reckon that'll be a double for the pieces? With Dig Dave <laughs> Let's hope it's just a single. <laughs> Could be trouble. Vital silver. Could oh, be yeah. a trouble. Could be a trouble. Could mm-hmm. be a big day for the Pierces. So, uh, a toll man for me, but uh, Money Maher. It depends how many. Yeah, if I have a couple of beers by that stage and the Pierces are flying. If Dig Day wins, I'll probably end up a Money Maher. So, I've got very little between them in the market. So, I'll probably back a drifter. Okay. Yeah. So, as I said, that's toll man. For me as well, and Canvas is the biggest danger. I thought her first up run was good and always had a bit of time for, for this mare. So, it's, uh, yeah. So, that brings our preview of winter bottom winter bottom stakes day to a close now it's time for our best betting proposition of the day the betfair best betting propositions of the day and and our maddies but we'll start off with our best and we'll head to our guest yeah. Brittany. Mm. what is your betfair best Betting proposition of the day. I'm having to file. Brittany's got two. She's got file too through my <laughs> ten pieces of paper. Are you borrowing Pete McCormick's index card? <laughs> there, <are you? laughs> you might need to go first, dear. Terry, <laughs> uh, Indian Pacific. Is your- I'm going to go a clean sweep of the group ones. I've decided this year. Clean sleep? Yeah. Clean, clean sweep. Clean sweep. Indian Pacific to uh, get off Condor Heroes at the right time, get going and trekking stage man, celebrity queen to flash late. Also, good luck to everyone. A few people actually listened to me and um, and chimed in at the uh, at the uh, 51 buck celebrity queen a couple of weeks ago when I suggested so. So good luck to the few of us that do have the 50s celebrity queen. My bet fair best is resort man. I think he's probably got a bit of a class edge on those. Kiri Yule, Michael Lane, pretty Oh, dynamic combination. Don't miss, do they? Resort man on top. I think the uh, the three thirty or three fifty that's sort of floating around like is, is Chris is, Main two thousand and fourteen type stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, when he used to be able to kick for goal. Yeah, exactly. Miss. Yeah. Never miss. Dead eye. Yeah. Ben Brown. All right. Sorry. We're resort man and stick with the stable Caracapo. Oh, you're going to get a double. Yeah, I like that. Caracapo, a little double out there. What about um, when, what about when Raul Romoli just hits him again with the. Like Shillelagh and just lengthens Caracapo. Bloke sauce. Yeah. <laughs> just finds, just finds panels. Um, Brittany, do you have a Maddie for us? No. Oh, no. <laughs> Back to the index cards. Back to the index cards. Back to the index cards. <laughs> Terry. Uh, well, mine's clearly going to be the beach. I marked her. Take me to her favourite. And she's currently 31 bucks and over $8. For a uh, for a hole, so um, I'm not uh, necessarily jumping out of my skin, but that is uh, comfortably a bet. BJ, 
What's yours? You've come up with a couple today. Yeah, yeah. I think that's probably uh, through lack of sleep and lack yeah. of. <laughs> lack of <laughs> I feel that way too, actually. Lack of in-depth form. Um, so uh, I thought my Maddie went really well in the Guineas, Bragwell. Yeah, he just was super. a bit slow away. If he could have just landed one pair closer, got knocked down by Dom to shoot as well. Geez, it was a good run. Jen and I ended up on the Guineas the way the track was playing at a fair uh, crack. M- I reckon you MTA ended up on MTA. Oh. Yeah, gave uh, I gave Jared and Trevor's a big uh, big ride home, but um, no, well done to Wolfie. Um, Brit, you, you were a bit off after the Guineas, though. Weren't you? Is, is that a fair oh, assessment? Flat because yeah. the Guineas, the, the Group Ones, I put in out like every week, an hour or two goes into it. I redo a form, I redo a map, I redo the form, redo a map, and I didn't have Condor Heroes coming to this. That's why I was really big in your Pacific, leading all the way. I'm still big on in your Pacific, but um, yeah, a little bit flat that they've gone this way with Condor Heroes. Can a Maddie be fifteen dollars? Uh, as a cripper, Maddie. Yeah, oh, look, so. you've given us a multi. You've given us a multi for your best. So oh no, that's gonna, not. A, no, we'll it wasn't a multi. I was just offering to. No, I, I reckon multi with a multi. boost. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I've listened to this, listened to this podcast that many times. I completely forgot about this oh, segment, <laughs> and I've, I'm fiddling through most my ten pages. Listen, most people only listen to this bit. Oh, well, there you go. Um, we'll go Bad Wolf. Bad Wolf. I yeah. like that. I think you're money, probably money uh, Miley. Yeah. yeah, it might be a little drift on the fair. Yeah, we'll get to twenty. I think so. Yeah, Bad Wolf. Can say that. My Maddie is Red Can Man. Best available oh. moments $23. Go to the Red Can in the Winter Bottom Stakes. Madness territory, I believe. So uh, thanks, Brittany. Thank it's you. It's been a pleasure. Oh, I also we forgot to mention our brand new trucker hats. Oh, yeah. Hey, how are we distributing? Don't know. We'll Anyone to, we'll, that's been on gets well, yeah, one, obviously. Guests, but, um, guests get one. Yeah. And um, got mine we'll, on we'll, now. We'll work, it, we'll work out how we're going to hand out the other ones. We won't hand them out willy nilly. So sparingly, but um, the uh, yeah they've arrived. So we'll have a, hopefully take a photo soon and whack it up on Twitter and Facebook. But yeah, Brittany, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for coming on and uh, sharing the Winterbottom Stakes Day edition with us here at the One One. And I'll hand over to the Perth Racing Guru Terry to do his thing. Well, even for us, that was a fairly lengthy old podcast. I uh, my stomach that the macaroons were good, but they haven't tied me <laughs> over enough. I do wish we had that steak sandwich now, so we'll keep this nice and brief. Um, thank you, Brittany, uh, for coming on. As BJ just said, it has been always uh, it's always lovely having a chat, and it's really interesting to hear um, some of your thoughts from the mounting yard in particular. So I'm um, I've got to try and uh, utilize that in a little bit of my game. But uh, thank you for joining us. Thanks for time. having me. Um, good luck. Uh, I don't actually mean that. I was going to wish you good luck with yeah. Karakapo, but I actually don't mean it. So I'm not going to wish you good luck with Karakapo. Very confident uh, that we can get the chockies with Dig Deep. Uh, as I said, we'll be out there. Are you going to be out there this week, BJ? How- Maybe for an hour or two. Again. Maybe for an hour yeah, or two. Quick right. hit and run mission. Yeah. Well, make sure you get along. Say congratulations to uh, to BJ on what's been a pretty big week Can you bring for him. Harrison? Put <laughs> him in a little, little baby, uh, baby my, wearing. Yeah. That'll, that'll be oh, I'd love that'd to be see here, you with a strap on. Be, be oh. like Alan from The Hangover. <laughs> <laughs> be like Alan from The Hangover with my baby Bjorn. Yeah, that'd be that'd be interesting. Deary me. I know we can. Oh, I've done it. I've this. Okay. Um, until next week on The One One. <laughs>